Hello and welcome to Reeling in the Piers. My name is Gary O'Brien and this is where I get some of my very good friends on to chat and discuss about all sorts of movies. With me today is a very special guest calling in all the way from Paris. It's Charlotte O'Reilly and she's here to talk about the 1965 cinema classic, The Sound of Music. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. Madame Charlotte, bonjour. Bonjour, Monsieur Gary. Uh, uh, ça va? Oui, ça va et toi? Uh, oui. Uh, où est la bibliothèque? <laughs> okay, let's stop speaking French. If we start speaking French, well, I won't be able to speak English anymore. Are, are, you, t- are you telling me I was expecting to do this entire podcast in French? I have all my notes in French. I would be very impressed with that. Very but only because you've asked, I guess I won't speak French for the rest of the podcast. Thank you. You're really doing me a favor here. No problem. No problem. And definitely not the other way around. <laughs> how's, how's Paris? All good? Is it still... Um, We're still in confinement. Fr- French? You can't. It's it's still very French, actually. They still have oh. baguettes and cheese and wine. That hasn't Good. changed. Um, we're still we're still locked down. Can't go anywhere. But you know, keeping on, keeping on. Good and like, look, lockdown allows you to watch all sorts of different movies. You have picked for this podcast the sound of music. Yes. Why? Why would you make me watch this two hour and 55 minute movie? I actually didn't realize it was even that long when I said it. I have vague memories of childhood. Of, you know, you think these films are all an hour and a half, but you listen. Why did I pick this? I was, it just came to me in a spur of the moment. I think it was, I, I you know, we used to have a, an apartment in Austria. So I have very fond memories of the Austrian hillsides. Jesus Christ. <laughs> of this film. And also I have Julie Andrews haircut. So it's. Yeah, that was going to be my thing. I was like, did you look in the mirror and be like, I look like Julie Andrews. Sound of music could be a good podcast. This is exactly what happened. Yes. Forget all the Austrian hills. <laughs> yes, that's what you meant. You went with the hills first over the haircut. Hey, the first song in the film is about the hills are alive with the sound uh, of music. What do you want they, from me? They, that is true. That is true. Although every time I kept hearing. I just with that song, I don't. I just kept hearing the like the Friends joke. It's um, what is it like? Where they keep going, where they take the piss out of Chandler. We're like the hills are alive with the sound of music, and I just kept hearing that every time. Then, I mean, it's yes, it is the classic, and that spin-off that you sent me as well. The SNL oh skit, yes, incredible. If anyone incredible. like up top, like there's a fantastic sketch with John Mulaney uh, taking the piss out of the sixteen going on seventeen song, and it's phenomenal. And it was actually one of the reasons why I was okay with picking this movie because it at least reminded <laughs> me of the Saturday Night Live. <laughs> exactly. So, for anyone who may not know what this movie is, I I would be surprised. That, like this, it's been parodied like a million times, so people probably have a vague idea. But basically, it's this movie from 1965. It's got like Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer in it. It won a shite ton of Oscars. There's like the music in it is fantastic. It's based on this. It's based on a musical that's based on the diary of one of the kids in the in the movie. Uh, like it's Maria von Trapp's diary, or like she wrote a book about the whole experience that got made into a musical, and that made it into a movie. Uh, it kind of just goes through their whole. So I'm going to throw it over to you. What is the plot of this movie? Try and summarize two hours and 55 minutes into a couple of sentences. Okay, right. Well, we have um, this girl who's grown up in a mountain, looks over a wall, sees a convent, decides she wants to become a nun, goes to the convent. Um, she's not very good at being a nun. 
the um a family sends the the convent a request for a for a governess um for their children they have seven children and so the mother superior decides that maria our our protagonist is going to be shipped off to to be the governess of these seven children she arrives um the father's very strict the children are all very naughty she manages to woo them over the she eventually falls in love with the father they get married then the nazis come along and decide to try and ruin everything and eventually well they they escape it's all it all works out for the best there you go that's actually fantastic that's very good (laughs) so just to give people some context as well and why i'm terrified for this podcast uh charlotte is currently like in acting college over in paris and has like been in plays and directed shit and like knows more about movies like i just know how to make take the piss out of movies i like look i'm the person with the omniplex and probably seen more movies but i imagine that you have actually you know participated and written and directed a lot more things than i have well we did do a we did do three weeks of trying to put films on stage which i can tell you is not as much fun as watching films themselves but anyway but all right okay that's fine that's fine yeah, and, and we do have the, the the common trend of both doing chemistry degrees uh you did medicinal chemistry and i did something worse and we then decided to not do any chemistry so thanks Trinity. <laughs> thank you trinity this is a shout out to uh trinity chemistry department um okay so i guess what i think would be a cool way to start this is yeah. what is your favorite song oh oh but there's so many there is i and um, i actually do you know what's so worse for me was I found myself, I was in work and I just couldn't get the song, you know, Maria out of my head to the point where I put it on Spotify and I was like, what has happened to me? I don't, yeah. I mean, that song, that song is so brilliant because there's so many, like in the middle of that song, the mother, um, one of the nuns says to the mother superior, like she sings, I'd like to say a few words on her behalf. And the mother superior responds like, oh, well then just say it. And then she just starts singing again. And it's just like all of these like really witty random moments but i think my favorite song is possibly the edelweiss i mean it has to be edelweiss and that's mine as well actually that is like that's it's the one that like all the others are good movie songs but i think that's kind of like a good like a well-written song yeah it's actually funny about that it's the last song that so because the 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 film was based on a was based on a musical it's based on a musical by Rodgers and Hammerstein. And um, it's not only the last musical that they wrote, but Edelweiss is the last song that Hammerstein wrote. So, so there you Charlotte, go. I, you, I know you've listened to about 30 seconds of the previous podcasts and just haven't listened to anything, but I have this segment called Fact Attacks, okay? Yes. And I had that prepared and you've taken it from me. <laughs> and I'm quite hurt and offended that this, I have out- this, you, this foreign nation has... <laughs> Broken international country. law and attacked me with facts and my i feel like ireland is a neutral country but i, I but you you've been hurt. personally attacked wow yeah but yes so i love that song because I, I yeah i just think it's really really good but also i of all the characters i love from this i love chris christopher Plummers is probably my favorite character but not because of so much of what he is in the movie because of all the shit that's doesn't happen in the movie and it's so so and like I, i'll get all into it in a bit but um, one of the facts I suppose I have, I won't call it, won't, I won't drop the a a bomb here because it's not. I'm like I'm I'm cautious now since he attacked me earlier. I don't know what else you have, but he was he sang all of his own uh, on set. He sang all of his own thing uh, songs. He learned guitar, but they still redubbed him for the entire movie. What? 
Mm-hmm. So some other guy, I can't remember his name, but like, so he learned guitar. Same with uh, uh, Judy Andrews. She also learned guitar, and she, but she sang, but they, uh, they, they dubbed Chris Plummer out. Another interesting thing, not the day we released this podcast, but the day we're currently recording this, it's his birthday today. Oh, that's so cool. He's 19. Oh, wow. And for, uh, so uh, Chris Plummer, if you're listening, happy birthday four days ago. But if you're listening, Pope Francis, happy birthday to you. The 17th of <laughs> December, baby. <laughs> Is this a birthday shout out to all of the people who are never going to listen to this podcast? Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. All right, look, next time, the next time I'm checking the international, um, you know, breakdown of this podcast, and I see France still hasn't listened to any more, but the Vatican City is starting to clock some in. I'm going to be knocking on your set, uh, on your door to, to shove it in your face that the Pope is listening. Fair, fair enough. You'll you'll have me there. You'll have me there. What's your favorite song? Uh, Edelweiss. Edelweiss. Yeah, yeah. Edelweiss. Sorry. Edel, Edelweiss. Did you think? I did. <laughs> Look, I get it. You do acting. I don't. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so, like the movie starts. I suppose vaguely, like she's like you say, she's in the like the first song is that sound of music song. Then it's the the Maria song, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I think another interesting thing I have to say about it is <clears throat> the nun, the Mother Superior. She was nominated for an Oscar for this role. Oh wow! Do you remember what she did in this movie? That was in any way outstanding. Her singing the which was dubbed. By someone else. You're joking. I, you know what? I was watching the film and I was like, this is actually incredible. I didn't realize that, you know, you wouldn't think looking at her that she could sing that well, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, apparently it was like, uh, she was like, I'm too, like, she was too old to like be able to hit the high notes and she's redubbed and uh, she's dubbed over and uh, she was nominated for an Oscar for it. So there's hope for me yet. There's hope for you yet, Gary. Exactly. You don't even have to act in these things anymore, apparently. Um... But oh, my favorite scene with her is definitely the one where Maria comes back after she's after she's realized that she's in love with the captain and the she like comes running back to the abbey and and the mother superior is is like giving her all this life advice and you're expecting her to be like no you should stay and fill fulfill God's will and you know be a good Christian Catholic um none with us but instead she she's like no go off and be in love and marry this man who is he we don't know but marry him anyway you know like i just think that that's so so incredible yeah but i also imagine that you know people from ireland watching this depiction of nuns was probably like nope this is science, <laughs> no, but exactly. this is science fiction that's, it. that's why i was like what is this character it's incredible <laughs> like iron man is more believable than whatever this <laughs> exactly i don't think i've ever met such a nice nun but anyway so what the, what's your, so what were your thoughts on julie andrews then oh well i mean she's she's a goddess Bre- she's... break it down for me you acting nerd <laughs> you acting nerd i don't know she's uh i don't know words um vibrant she's very she's very alive you know in her role she's very um as we would say in in france she's very juste which is her reactions are, are are realistic in a way but I, what I think I love about it is that uh in spite of how ridiculously absurd this entire film is like it's so it's 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 unbelievable like every like it, you you can't believe it in it yeah. um but she makes she makes it more real and she makes it a lot more humanist and relatable so I think that's why I there's like a lot of respect there yeah, and like I think it's I I can only imagine it's a bit weird because it came out I think it was the year after Mary Poppins where she won the Oscar and it's kind of the same it's yeah, kind of the same character as well yeah. but so like I can imagine I I'd be interested to know what the kind of reaction was in like 1965 where it's like oh well, she's just doing mm. she's just doing the same thing again yeah, but when you're looking back on it now it's just like it's it's I found it really interesting because it was like I don't know an actress 
currently that could bring so much energy and joy and like like sing and just kind of bring yeah. a performance that elevates i i, I don't, look i can't say i i know i have extensive knowledge of actresses from 1960s but i can't imagine anyone else doing that let alone today or, or, or back then that kind of just brings this energy which is why i loved chris Plummer's just cynicism both behind the camera and on camera for the whole thing i think it's it's he he i have it written here somewhere that uh christopher Plummer in- intensely disliked working on this movie he's known to refer to it as the sound of mucus or s&m and likened and likened working with dame julie andrews to be being hit over the head with a big valentine's day card every day nonetheless they remain very close and have been friends ever since oh uh, yeah i mean this does not surprise me but to be fair to him like his his character's arc is quite interesting like the way I don't know, because, okay, so A, right, you start off with um, Julie Andrews leaves the Abbey and she starts singing that song about how she's so nervous and and unsure of herself. And literally two minutes later, she's singing about how she's going to be, she's going to be doing better than the best. And so like she has this like switch within literally two minutes of film. And um, and his car- his overall character arc is like much more, is, uh, is, yeah, it's just much more realistic in terms of like how how long it takes him to like come around and, and start to like her, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I mean, yeah, he was super cynical, but he did, he did a pretty good job convincing us all that he wasn't. So, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's that scene, I think where you kind of see it the most that he like breaks down where I think the kids have been out all day and they come back and they fall after they fall into the boat and they're in singing like, like the song to, um, mm the uncle max and and the other girl and the baroness and then he just starts singing in he just comes in and starts singing and like i can only imagine how jarring that would be for those kids to be like i haven't seen dad show any affection or smile in the last however many years what's yeah. happening to him <laughs> no literally and then he's like giving them all big hugs and like ruffling their hair and stuff and then yeah i don't know it's uh yeah like only like what only a couple of days before maybe i don't know let's say four to five days before they were all being summoned with a whistle literally i love that scene where they're all in the trees and he's like driving past with the baroness and uncle max and uh and the baroness is like oh goodness who are these people and he's like oh just some urchins like just some street i don't sure i don't know them and then obviously it's his children, which is just brilliant. Yeah. And, and so before that, that's like the, uh, before that would have been like the Do Re Mi song. And mm. I have written down here my, uh, I just kind of like just write stuff as I kind of see it happen. And I think three notes in a row uh, are, I have, the kids are in curtains. These children are wearing curtains. Les enfants portaient de rideaux. <laughs> <laughs> There's then some French for you. Excellent. Then I have, they are no longer wearing curtains. And then I have, they are back in curtains. <laughs> Yes, this was my favorite thing as well. I was like, have they changed costume like 17 times this day? Like they were changing from their lederhosen and their dirndls to their curtains and back again. Funny, another funny personal fact attack is um, my parents bought me a dirndl when we when we had our oh, apartment in Australia. Wow. Like a traditional dress. It was green and pink and they dressed me up and they made me sing Edelweiss. And so... What? It's a bit... <laughs> a bit traumatizing in, in, in um, memory. Oh, but anyway. My God. So you must have really related with Gretel. Or Gretel. I did. She was my favorite. I just loved her. She just... She, she gave me joy. She warmed my cold heart. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's just so cute when she's doing uh during the song where they're all saying goodbye at the party and she lies down on the stairs and she's falling asleep that's that always i almost yeah. want to cry i'm like you are so adorable it also that whole thing of them saying goodbye reminded me of when i'm like leaving a room or party or just generally going outside for five minutes guys i'm leaving guys bye i'm leaving by the way guys, everyone uh, pay attention to me I'm, pay attention. I'm leaving just look goodbye goodbye farewell like i'm leaving but if you could just like if you could just actually give me some more attention that'd be great validate my my exit what i've realized now is i need to get six other people with me and be dressed in similar attire and then have a whole musical number let's do it i think we do that next time i think next time we leave a room we just prepare a whole musical number we will we will sing au revoir over and over and over it'll be great that's that's, can we do that for this podcast can we just like (laughs) that's how we'll end this podcast the last 10 (laughs) minutes can we just keep saying goodbye I think it's the only way to do it. It's, Editing dependent. You know? But yeah, like in terms of the kids then as well, Liesel is a 30-year-old woman being depicted as a 16-year-old. <laughs> no, she's not actually, but that when I saw it, I was like, you're not 16. No I way, no. She's actually, she's actually 22, I think, in this, but Ralph, Ralph is actually younger as well. So that song is oh. completely flipped. Yeah. And oh, fun fact attack for you. She write, wrote in her autobiography that during filming of this, she was quite attracted to Christopher Plummer, who was 35 at the time, <gasps> which just lends a whole different creepiness to when they sing, um, you know, the song together and he's playing guitar and she's like, you know, singing Gazing to him. Yeah, so that was like, there was very little acting going on there. Very little father-daughter love. Oh, jeepers. I wonder if it was recorded. Oh, oh, yes. This reminds me of. <laughs> so there are several moments in this film where the reactions are just completely over the top. And after the song um, 16 going on 17 is one of. Oh, my time. God. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, where, she, where he kisses her and afterwards she's in the pouring rain and she just goes. Wee! So it's ridiculous. It's not even like, so what happens is they don't, they hold hands and they do the weirdest thing ever where she just like runs around the benches as he like guides her, which is just like, I don't even know what base that is, but I think it's negative five base. <laughs> Get <laughs> away just, from me, Jazz. Yeah, over here. No, over here. <laughs> it's just like this weird scene. So like, it's this scene, basically Ralph is like the mailman or telegram deliverer or whatever the fuck. And he, she like fancies him and they go out and she sneaks out and they have this like it's romantic song. but we're yeah. she's oblivious to this uh, yeah oh because i didn't i completely forgot about that because i haven't seen this movie in ages so mm-hmm. when, I, when we see ralph come back i'm like oh shit ralph is a dick because i thought he'd come back and they'd you know make up but no but ralph, no, ralph's no. a dick but yeah there's nothing yeah they, they kiss uh and she just like has a little like freak out for like 30 seconds it's hilarious. It's just because then the, the scene immediately afterwards is when she climbs in the window into um, Maria's room and it's it's Maria's first night there. So um, she she climbs in the window anyway. And Maria, it's like, oh, my goodness, what are you doing here? And uh, she talks about how um, is it Liesel this, or like the yeah. little the, the younger sister she talks about how one of her younger sisters can climb in with a with a jar of spiders in her hand. And um, then they sing the song about uh, my my favorite, favorite things. things, and um, and then the captain comes in and and he scolds Maria and says like, oh well, you know, I'm sure you uh, you should be able to remember that like I'm leaving tomorrow and you have to. I hope you can get some discipline before I before I come back. And her reaction there is also equally ridiculous, where she just goes, oh, and it's just it's just back to back two scenes of two people yeah. having the most 
over the top reactions. It's it's brilliant. And then she's like, these curtains will do nicely for some day attire. Exactly. Why not? <laughs> yeah, like and with that scene as well, it was kind of the one thing that kind of I didn't mind most of the story. The one thing I would have liked to see more of would be the kids to be more resilient for longer mm. to Maria. Like the only thing they do is they put a pine cone on her chair, they fake crying. And I think, and then, then it's and like then cut to her. the next, and then they love her. And I, I would have liked to see a bit more resilience towards her a bit. Cause like, like they're immediately. Even like, even just from one or two of them, like it would have been so much more interesting if one or two of the kids, you know, yeah. maybe the, maybe the, especially the older ones, whereas like Lisa is the first one to be like, I didn't think I needed a governess, but maybe I do. You know, that like, it would have been, yeah, more interesting if they, if they hadn't all just fallen in love with you. But then they would have needed to give more screen time to all the kids and have make them have personalities. Like I know there's Liesl, Greta, Friedrich, and that's it. And then the other ones are just there. Mm. I, I couldn't tell you the other ones. But um, so funny things about Liesl is that like, yeah, she was, what, 22 at the time and in love with Christopher Plummer. Mm. And also it was so weird seeing Christopher Plummer young. I just, it was very jarring. I, I've only ever seen him as an old man uh, in my head. <laughs> He's always an old man. He's always head, an old Gary. man, even this. <laughs> and and then the other one was for the gazebo scene, the one we were talking about earlier. She actually slipped while leaping across one of the benches and put her leg through a panel of glass and was really badly injured. So they had to like strap her up then and like put makeup over it for the whole thing. So right. fair play to her. And then speaking of torturous things that people have to do for this movie, uh, poor Friedrich, who's the oldest son, was had brown hair, but. The character is blonde hair. So apparently he had to go under, he had to undergo, undergo several painful hair bleachings before and during filming to make his hair blonde. Oh my God. And my last thing about Friedrich was that at the beginning of the movie, he was, uh, Frederick was three inches tall, uh, shorter than the person who plays the second eldest daughter. So he had to wear like lifts and she had uh, like, or be put on a box and stuff like that. But by the end of filming, he had grown six inches from five, three to five, nine. So they had to reverse it then. So he would have to fill him with no shoes on. They'd have to make um, the eldest Liesl stand on a box at times. And so all the kids kept growing during productions. They had to like keep putting different ones on boxes and have different ones wearing no shoes and stuff like that. I just, I'm just loving this of like the, okay, now you stand on a box. Now you stand on a box. Now take your shoes off. No, (laughs) God damn it. Stop growing. Stop growing. It's why they shot most of it on hills so that people could stand at different. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me when I was little, my granny used to be like, you're getting too big. I'm going to put a pot on your head. Apparently it worked because, you know. Oh, why? Because you're you're five foot two oh, oh yes i was getting there it was the lag it was the lag <laughs> uh, and my final interesting thing about the kids is that one of the girls who plays marta her teeth kept falling out so they had to give her fake teeth to wear because oh she was like God. her baby teeth were falling out oh that's cute though there you go that's cute i have a fun fact attack about gretel hold actually. on now hold on i look I get it. You haven't listened to any of the other podcasts. You've no <laughs> idea. I know, I know, Charlotte. But the fact attacks are kind of my thing. So oh, you can have like facts. Actually, what's the French for fact attack? An attack de fait. Okay, you can have attack de fait and I'll put in weird French music then whenever you come in with one. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay, let me restart this then. I have an attack de fait for Gretel. Um, because during... Um, during the boat scene where um, you know where they all fall into the water 
And um, she was actually so young because she was only five or six years old and she couldn't swim. And Julie Andrews said that she was going to like catch her or like basically, you know, make sure that she she didn't drown. You know, can't have that. The child. The child. Exactly. But in fact, Julie Andrews fell backwards and all the other children fell forwards. And therefore she like swallowed loads of water and was traumatized for years afterwards and ended up vomiting all over one of the other sisters, Louisa. So um, not very pleasant. The poor little child. Poor child. The poor little Austrian family. Although, like, I, I, that's one other jarring thing I found about this movie. Like, these days they would have cast, you know, a bit more appropriate in terms of, like, or even had accents similar to. But it's very weird where they're like, I'm Austrian. And he said in, like, this American or British yeah, accent. Yeah, I know. Like, but, like, that was thing. very much a thing of the times. But, um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, at least accents would have made it better, if anything. Yeah, and I think another thing then is, just because I think he says I'm Austrian because someone does a Heil Hitler. Mm. And that's, the, for me, I'm like, you could just tell the story without the whole Hitler thing. No, like, I feel like you could have just not told it with the Nazi thing and you would have been able to shave about 45 minutes out of this movie. And it would have been a story about a woman who is a nun. She goes to a place to look after things. She wins the, you know, affection yeah. of the father. End of movie. It's true. But they just added a whole, because I don't know what version you watched it on, but I watched it on Disney+. Plus. And I was like, oh, that's all coming together now. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, this is all the bits I remember. And then I shit you not, intermission. Yes. And there's a one, there's a <laughs> one minute intermission. And I was like, and I'm just like, I was like, holy fuck, how long is it after this? I was like, an hour? Yeah. I'm like, everything has happened. Why, why are oh, we? Oh, no, literally, like, there's still a half an hour left when they get married. You know, which yeah. also I love because it's like they they declare their love immediate scene afterwards is the bells ringing in the church and they're getting married. But um, but no, yeah. And it's one of those things we've been doing in um, in school. We've been doing lots about melodramas. And so like um, we've been doing lots of work on like scenes of happiness. And like you have to put the the scene where people are the most happy, where everything has come together right before the big fall, obviously, because it just it makes it more um, powerful. And so. Uh, it was the wedding scene and I was like, oh God, how long is left? Everything's going too well. And there's there's still a full half hour. Because yeah, because the, the way the intermission comes in is where I have her down as Baroness Von Bitch in my notes. <laughs> it's it's the only correct name for her, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, she does. And she does it really well. And like, she's quite, like for someone who I didn't really know, like she was just kind of there. And like, I just thought she was going to be like a, like, a character and she's just then thrown to one side then when Marie, but to see her kind of be like super like malicious and stuff like that and then like you see how bad she is with the kids it's like I kind of like that character painful. a lot that's painful honestly that scene with the ball where they're all um because Maria has left at this stage she's run back to the abbey and all of the kids are are really sad as you said before um you know they all try and sing uh, the hills are alive and, and they all start crying. Um, but just before that, they're playing they're playing ball with the Baroness and it's so depressing. And then Uncle Max comes along and there's a ridiculous scene about pink lemonade. Um, oh, yeah. The, do they mean booze? Do they mean that they were drinking during the day? Because that's a lie who got I mean, it. I don't know. He said he said a funny thing like it's laced with uh, something like it's laced. Pink. I don't yeah, know. it's laced with pink. Oh, hold on. This is a segment that you're probably not aware of. Hello, future Gary. How are you? Are you enjoying <laughs> editing this? Would you mind telling us what Uncle Max said? Thank oh, you so Lord. much. Okay, so I have no idea what's going on. I watched the scene like five times and Max is just like, oh, it's lemonade. Uh, laced with lemonade. And he goes, oh, it's too pink. I don't know what's going on. I've looked up a load of articles. There's one saying that he's trying to hide his homosexuality and then someone else was talking about how it's 
I, d I don't know what's going on, so could someone else save me the time and just message me on at Reeling in the Peers or email us at reelinginthepeers at gmail.com just to tell me if they know what it is. I don't have time for this. It's late. My roommates are asleep. And I'm like, I don't know how far I have to go with this, but I feel like Charlotte mentions Attack to Faye a couple more times and I don't nearly have enough silly French songs to go with that. So, oh, my God. Thank you, future Gary. Yeah, and what happens then is then the kids run to the abbey to try and get Maria back and the nuns won't let her see it. But then they come back and it's literally one of the funniest scenes for interrogations. This man who had previously, like it's implied that he had fought in World War One. Actually, there's a scene during the, during the, the, the ball scene, they, um, he's wearing a knight's cross, which is, was apparently, um, the real Baron von Trapp, or Captain von Trapp was awarded this for, um, specifically he was, he had sunk 13 ships as a submarine commander during World War One. So that's the kind of guy we're dealing with, uh, as is like their father. And then he's like, where were you guys? And we're like, berries, <laughs> berries, was it? And I feel like I got real, like, Nazi <laughs> interrogation. Yeah. Where are your berries? Where are your berries? I also love it because, because, um, they're like, what kind of berries? And they're like, blueberries. And he's like, it's too early for blueberries. And then they say, no, 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 it was strawberries. But it was so cold that they turned blue. <laughs> and it's like, yes, okay. <laughs> I, I just don't understand why Liesl and Friedrich, the like the older ones, yeah. like took on any of the questioning, but they let like all the young ones yeah. like just flail about with these poor lies. And then I love how excited they all get when like one of them answers something like, Where are these berries? Oh, we ate them. And then every one of the little children just goes, Yeah, oh, we, we ate them. It's ridiculous. And then, yeah, also just speaking of kids and how much they love Maria. And I think that the scene, well, the Don't Worry Me scene is great. I really actually, like, I, as much as I was giving out about the length of this movie, the songs are, they're all class. I think there's only one, one I didn't particularly like. I don't remember the name of it. It's one. Is it um, the yodeling one with the sheep? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just like, for, who made those puppets? Okay, um, right. Yes, we need to talk about these puppets. Who made the puppets? They're incredible. No, but honestly, like, like. Like technically and mechanically, they are incredible. I have down here the Puppet Master 6000 because they were just like designed technically so well and mastered so well with these children. And it just cuts to the kids like literally just like <laughs> lifting it, like just a lazy attempt with the ropes. But then when you see what the puppets are doing, you're like, there's no there's, chance. There's the kids no way that the kids could have done it. But like this, this takes that kind of like work for marionettes takes years and years of practice, let alone like making them, let alone, you know, even just getting them to flutter their eyelash, eyelashes. I say that. Why do I feel like you have first hand experience with marionettes? I do. I do actually. For the love of Christ, of course you do. <laughs> what do you where, expect where? from me? I go to a French acting school. <laughs> oh, fine. But like, Jesus Christ, can you just not relate to this movie once? <laughs> Did I mention I once wore a dirndl? Um, I, was, I thought you were going to say I was, once, I was once on the run from Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> that also did happen to me. Of course, of course. But Ralph, he um, didn't me. <laughs> But like it's, but also what I enjoyed the most is that like they put on this puppet show and it's implied that Maria like gets all the kids involved, but the kids don't sing. She just sings. Yeah, <laughs> so like, I love that she's made it all about her oh, for this puppet performance. I think she actually she ended up so the Maria von Trapp. Here's an attacktive for you. Um, that Maria von Trapp, the actual Maria von Trapp, um, came on the Julie Andrews show. And told Julie Andrews that her yodeling wasn't up to scratch. And so they sang oh. a little duet together. And she told oh, her no how to yodel properly. Yeah, it's on YouTube. <laughs> Was it just like this really deep throat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. 
Um, actually, speaking of Maria Von Trapp, uh, this is a fact attack now. Haha, <laughs> fact sparring. Um, so she had said that she claimed that the movie toned down her p- behavior quite a lot when she was staying in the Abbey. When asked in an interview if she was really that bad in the Abbey, like being late stuff, she got, she just replied, I was worse. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see. I like to think that she was just smoking. She was it like was bringing rats so back. High, constantly bringing all the, all the goat herds, the goat herds. Oh my, back. I thought she knows that song so well. That's exactly, she's been yodeling to all them shepherds. So, I, I was trying to think of a... I was trying to think of a segment name for this bit I want to talk about, mm. which is, I and the best I could come with, up with was Christopher Plummer's having a bummer <laughs> in that he had a horrible time on the set here. So first of all, apparently Richard Burton, Sean Connery, Bing Crosby, and this other guy, Maximilian Schrell, were all considered for Van Trapp. Uh, Van Trapp. They didn't do it. But he said, and this is my favorite, and this was written like this in IMDb, and I just loved it. Christopher Plummer's biggest challenge with this movie was simply being in it and resisted the temptation to send it up. Robert Wise kept him in check, keep telling him to play it straight. So I just oh love that. Goodness. Like his biggest problem was just being in the movie. And then another one was that Christopher Plummer admitted that he found Dame Judy Andrews insufferable and annoying during filming, referring to her as Miss Disney to the other cast oh. and crew. Later, he admitted he to being immature in his feelings and that Andrews was a great actress and behaved like a true professional and the two are very good friends. Then I mentioned the guitar one and then these are my two favorite bits, which is Christopher Plummer admitted he, that he ate and drank heavily during filming to drown out his unhappiness with making this movie and found plenty of opportunities to do both in Austria. His costume eventually had to be refitted because of the of his extra weight. Oh, and Lord. finally, Christopher Blummer admits on the DVD commentary that he was so drunk during the shooting of the music festival sequence. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's also like the um, most the most um yeah, emotionally intense point in the film because the Nazis are going to get them and I love that he's just absolutely pissed drunk there on stage. Wow. He's for for Austria's wow. got talent. Austria's got talent, oh god. Imagine. Oh, the magic like that's that's not even close like the 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 random shows that I saw in Austria and there was like this little church and they used to have they used to have ukulele competitions. They used to have Elvis Presley impersonation competitions. The loser is the audience. Exactly. And um, these things would go on for ages. And and so, yeah, that was, uh, you know, they, what they performed in, in, the, in the Van Trapp family singers was much better than what I've seen in real life. But anyway. And it's like, it's... It was so obvious they were going to win because they got to do two songs. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, guys, look, we're just waiting for the judges to finish up. So... Look, they're already on stage, so we're just going to get them to do another song, if that's okay with you guys. Listen, we're here, they're here, we're all here together. And it was just like, the prize, the prizes were flowers, which was bullshit. Yeah. Um, I also wound it back to count. The person who came third place bowed 16 times. Oh, she was incredible. Oh, she was incredible. I don't know why it came, but it was just such a moment of absurdity where like everyone was bowing and, and, and then they were bowing and she was bowing. It's a great, it's, yeah. It is a it is a wonderful moment. But what happens is anyway, so they're trying to escape Austria then after they've been married and the Nazis catch them and the Nazis are like, well, where do you think you're going? And they're like, oh, we're going to like this musical festival. Prove it. And it's like, here's a flyer. And they're like, hmm, we don't know. So I assume that those Nazis sat for four hours <laughs> through live musical entertainment. Probably just to make the ukulele like, and Elvis Presley impersonations. I like to think so. And they were like, I like to think that like some of them were secretly enjoying it and didn't want to tell the other guys they were enjoying it. <laughs> Definitely. There's actually a lovely line, uh, not a lovely line, but a really funny line where um, 
when the Nazis show up outside his house and and the the head, I forget what his name is. Future Gary, can you tell us what the head Nazi's name is? Thank you, Future. Oh, Gary. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you don't get to. You don't. Get to, you don't get <laughs> Monsieur Gary de Lavalier. No, 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 no. Future Charlotte, if you wouldn't mind taking that one, thank you very much. This is Charlotte from the future reporting back to past Gary, who was a bit of an asshole, but anyway, um, that the name of the head Nazi is Herr Zeller. Anyway, the head Nazi showed up and um, he he was standing there and he'd caught them. They were trying to sneak the car out of the drive and they were pushing it. And there's a wonderful little line from Gretel where she's like, Uncle Max, are you and dad going to push the car all the way to Switzerland? Anyway, so they push it out of the drive and they think that they're about to get away. And then suddenly the head Nazi is there and and uh, and he says to, to Georg von Trapp. Also, we need to talk about this fantastic name. Anyway. Um, and he says to him, he says, uh, you haven't asked me why I'm here and I haven't asked you uh, where you're going. And Georg von Trapp replies, it just seems that that we are both suffering from a deplorable lack of curiosity. It's just such a good response. Yeah, that was, yeah. Such good, oh, I agree. such good times. Yeah, so then they go to the festival and they sing a song and they run away during their goodbye song and they get away from the Nazis. And I think in the last shot, you know, they, they're literally hiking over the hills. And I have a fact attack on um, that, which is that in the... Oh, did you actually? Yeah. Is this about, is this about Gre- Gre- uh, Gretel? No. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, okay. I have, I have a Gretel one, then okay. you can do your okay. version. So my one was that when the family is climbing over the hills, it's not. Um, it's actually not Gretel on the back of Christopher Plummer. In the DVD version, it's revealed that in Austria, Kim Carath, who plays Gretel, gained a lot of weight. This was one of the last shots filmed, and so they... So she was evidently a bit too heavy to be carried on Christopher Plummer's back. Plummer requested a stunt double, and that's who seemed being carried on the back. Chris Plummer, who was drunk, who had ate, who just ate his way through this production, was like, "That that child is too large. I'm requesting a stunt double. I need someone else. I'm not lifting that." That child. is ridiculous. After he had put on all that weight and had to have his clothes taken out and everything. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Sorry, what was anyway, your... mon attack de fait is um that. The end of the film is actually false. It's not what really happened and that they didn't hike over the mountains, but that they instead they took a train to Italy. Sant. I had that one as well. <laughs> well, we're, it's pretty you're, you're to the death right too well researched for this. <laughs> well, you just, you were so intimidating in, in the, the 30 seconds of that other podcast that I listened to, you know. Yeah. It's true. But another attack to fate for you is that apparently they were not in love at all. So she said, when I married him, I didn't really love him. I truly, uh, I really and truly was not in love. I liked him, but I didn't love him. However, I loved the children. So in a way, I really married the children. That's Is what creepy. she said. Bit creepy. That's a bit, that's a bit strange. Isn't it? it? Well, um, but yeah, like I was saying earlier about the Nazis kind of stuff coming out of everywhere, like, cause it was weird, like after the wedding, I feel like that could have ended, but there was obviously the Nazi stuff layered on top as well. And I remember they're just being weird. It's like weirdly sprinkled in throughout. And then it's kind of only, to me, it was only really started to be connected when Ralph, is it Rolf? Rolf. Rolf. Uh, Rolf. Um, <laughs> when rolling on the floor laughing <laughs> shows up in the movie. He uh he like hands uh Liesel the like telegram or whatever for his dad, which is basically to tell him that the um 
the Nazis want his house or something like that. I can't remember what what is it. Or I know that he's, like, that he's been sent off to the navy. Oh, that's it. Sorry, where I was getting confused. No, where was he's been sent off to Berlin. Sent off to Berlin. Yeah. That's it. Because I was getting confused because in real life when he left the nazis occupied his house and it was himmler that had his house like for a while something mad like that so yeah so like it's weird then that's when the movie kind of kicked in for me i was like oh shit yeah like the nazis are actually like this imposing threat because otherwise it's just like an odd few people are party saying weird things and hiling and there's a flag and like there's all that sort of stuff and then like you think that rolf is going to be the guy who kind of humanizes the not like not humanize them but in the sense that he's your kind of in and that like if he can be you know turned over that you know that there's a like a chance mm-hmm. but because i suppose this was like just as the war was starting yeah when you see that ralph kind of commits to you know turning the family and you're like oh shit they've really you know he's really committed to this and it's somewhat you know a sign of what happened in like germany and austria where people had yeah. just like, threw away their previous beliefs and personal attachments for the nazi party yeah which is literally like the last the moment before that that we see him is when he's kissing liesel and then the next time when he sees her is like in the cemetery and he gives them up you know it's oh i just thought there because i thought that as well but it's actually when because doesn't uh the captain sees him outside the window and is like don't ever come back here again okay i don't want you to see you around here do you know when they're like they have it's him, Max, and the Baron are out oh, on the thing. Yeah, and then, so like that's an interesting thing where apparently, like, imagine if like he didn't have Liesel to kind of speak to anymore, so he just kind of went towards that because there was nothing kind of mm. keeping him grounded. Like that's kind of an interesting thing. That thought, is an interesting thing. That's an interesting fact. That's very Gary-esque fact of way of looking at the world. What the people and are all people are redeemable. Oh no, boo. <laughs> Um, and my final attack de fait is that two years before the movie came out Julie Andrews actually did a spoof of the of the musical um, what? yes called the Pratt Family Singers at Carnegie Hall and was it songs from this or no just, was not it at just all it was, it was basically a skit where it was two it was like the mother and father and then maybe about 17 sons who all had super German names. One of them, like, everything from Franz, um, Adolf, like, Rudolf, all of them. And uh, and they all just sing, and, and they're like, we're a very happy family, and it goes on. Yeah, that's another... Oh, that's cool. I, so another thing I like doing for movies as well is I like trying to find out what the names of that movie are in different countries. Uh, so sometimes it's really entertaining, sometimes it's not. For this one, I found some great ones. So... It translates in Spain. It translates all these are the translations to English from like what they're called in these countries. So in Spain, it's smiles and tears. Oh. In France, it's the melody of happiness. Yeah. In Argentina and Brazil, it's the rebellious novice. In Croatia, the movie is under the same title as it is in Austria and Germany, which is my song, my dream. Mm. So there you go. Right. I think I think we're all fact attacked out. Yep. I think. I think I've talked about the songs. I think I've talked about how much I love Christopher Plummer and I I think I might go watch all of his movies now because I love how much he was just... But a, he will always be just, an old man in your head. I just resonated with him so much. I just like the idea of him just being on this Disney movie. He and reminds like, me about, of you a lot. Let's be honest. I, just, I, I liked it. Um, and how much I hate the goat song and where they got those puppets from. But what I suppose if you were to kind of sum up your... Or your... your experienced and um you know artistic 
opinion of the movie, what would it be? I think that while it is all at once extremely predictable in that at every moment you can tell when they're about to start singing before they do, that there are some of those really weird reactions, like we mentioned earlier, that um, just completely take you off guard. And I I watched it with someone who had never seen it before. And the oh, amount wow. of sheer joy that uh, that was was brought to to their face and to their life because of this film was was really heartwarming because you know I've always seen it as a kid so it's nice to know that it's it's still uh still still does the job. Yeah, oh, that's actually pretty cool seeing it with someone that I'd never seen it before. Yeah. And like I I think a lot of I'd seen it once when I was a kid maybe I don't think I saw it all the way through which is why I was so surprised um by the intermission. No, I think but like I remember seeing a lot of it like it's parodied so much and like Family Guy do it a lot. It was weird how much I remembered from this movie based on Family Guy alone, which I know. But then I realized that I'd looked into it and Seth MacFarlane, the creator of Family Guy, loves this movie. So that's why he like kept referencing it all the time. But yeah, I think it's a, I think I didn't, I thought I'd hate it. I know it sounds weird. I thought it'd be like, so like old movie, it's all about songs, but it's really well performed. It's shot quite nicely as well. Like it's it's from a movie, like it's 1965. And, you know, you look at other movies uh, back then that, you know, wouldn't be as good, but. It's, it's so good the performances are all great the songs are fantastic like again i was i was going around the kitchen here singing um the not singing but humming the favorite things <laughs> I, I my my roommates are definitely like listen to this me like he was singing it he was wearing one of those later hose and things made out of his shirt and all he's, not getting, time. he's not getting his deposit back from uh ripping down the curtains in the apartment oh, uh, I can only but yeah no it was really good and Mr. Scanlon uh, was on this a while ago, and he came up with a rating system that we can use for these for these um, for these pod- for the movies we watch for a podcast. And it's it's quite simple. It's quite easy. It's basically: should you watch it? Should you not watch it? So, what would be your Excellent rating of rating. this movie? Everyone should watch this film. And I agree. Uh, it's a bit long, but there's an intermission there, and and it's <laughs> go get some. Jo- uh, no, I'm not even. I'm not even joking. Like you could nearly pause it. It could be nearly done, broken into two viewings, and mm. um, because of how we're like, well, like it's nearly like the ending of a seat, like a episode of a TV show. You know what I mean? Like it does break there, and you can pick it up then as well. So, I definitely think it's a should watch. It's on Disney Plus, and uh, we're not sponsored by Disney Plus, but I'm just letting you know it's on Disney Plus. We're not sponsored by them yet. And also, like, look, I know he's 91, but even Chris Plummer, I don't know if you still don't like this movie, but you should, you should have to absolutely watch it. You were 91 a couple of days ago. And hey, Pope Francis, if you're listening to this, you know, I, what are you, th- actually, Pope Francis, if you could Instagram us at, at Reeling in the Piers, he has Instagram <laughs> he now. Has Just Instagram. What you think of the nuns? I bet he was very impressed with the Mother Superior spreading the goodwill of the Lord and, um, I think so. So Francis uh, and Christopher, I hope you had a great time listening to this. I want to say thank you so much to our first international guest, that is Charlotte. Charlotte, any any final words? Um, au revoir. So thank you very much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed. If you want to know about when new podcasts come out, you can follow us on at Reeling in the Peers. You can also follow on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you have a friend who wants their birthday shouted out, that's also Christopher Plummer and the Pope Francis, let them know about the podcast. Tell a friend if you want. And we really hope you enjoyed. So I guess the only way we could really send off this podcast is saying... So long. Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. Goodbye.